Hello. All right, since it's on your mind, just go ahead and explain to everybody what you're working on in this very moment. <laughs> okay. Jimmy. <laughs> I got this little aluminum anodized screwdriver that has probably 10 tips and the 10th tip stays in the tip of the gun of the of the driver itself. It's very similar to Jocko's driver, but it's, you know, made by some little tool company. And so I opened my desk drawer last night and I found two of the tips and I'm like, "Oh, those belong in the barrel of that handy dandy little micro screwdriver with the screw-on cap on the back." So I went and got it out of the kitchen drawer and I brought it in here. And since last night, I started editing last night at like midnight, I've been trying to get all the tips back in and I keep ending up with not being able to screw the cap on. So what's coming to my memory is the time I did this six months ago when I just said, oh, well, screw it. I'll leave these two sitting out and I'll leave them here in the drawer. And so I'm about to do the same exact thing again. But since we started the podcast, started talking, I've been trying to fiddle and get these all. What? And I, <laughs> Did you have a break I got it. I got, I got them all in. Look at uh, that. They're not all in completely, but I got it in enough so I could cap the thread. Oh. All right. All right. We can, we can go carry on with normal we procedure can, now. We can start the podcast. Let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Thanks to our Patreon supporters <laughs> for supporting this screwdriver conversation. You know what the trick is? If you have this little bright red anodized screwdriver from some, you know, faraway company that I got at the cash register of a hardware store. You got to put the pointed tips up and down, not all just in one direction, so that they nest together like this. That's that was the trick. Like Tricky what? Poo. Like together, like this. Like I'm pointing my fingertips at each other. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Did everybody listening see that? Yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really glad you got it figured out. Thank That's you. That's going to make so the rest much. of your day better. Oh, it sure. is. You know, there's not, there's no anxiety like the anxiety of like having like a screwdriver or a ten-in-one screwdriver that's missing one of the tips. Like that, that is like my my nightmare. Like my house is my shop, rather. My house is fairly neat. My shop is very discombobulated and very messy, but there is an organization to it. But what drives me crazy is when I grab a ten-in-one screwdriver and one of the tips is missing. That drives me insane. Like I, I feel huh. like like that's like God. What a waste! This driver is now like an eight in one, and it really should be a ten in one. So, Can, did did you say discombobulated? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, my shop is well. Right now, it's crazy. Like I'm doing the uh, the rocking chair. And it looks like I'm working in a storage unit. I mean, my shop is 5,000 square feet, but but I have so many things in the shop right now because we have 16 trailers. So when you see the video of me working on the, I was just watching the edit a little bit and it's coming out great and I'm really happy with the result. But the uh, I'm just like, a, I, I need to be in like an empty room or at least a, an empty section of the room, but I have stuff everywhere. So. Yeah, I saw your Instagram story like panning past all the trailers and it is... It's a lot of stuff. A lot of big stuff. Yeah, it's it's all it's all temporary. Once the, we're gonna get we're gonna try and get four out this weekend, so that would be nice to get those out of today's Thursday, right? No, today's Wednesday. Wednesday. <gasps> oh my god. I was in the shower what? all morning thinking today was Thursday. But now that I'm here with the podcast, there's no way it could be Thursday because we only do this on Wednesday. That's what I just had the revelation. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. All right, so I have a head. Man, have your a, day is getting better and better. <laughs> I have an extra day. I'm getting an extra day. I'm so excited. I have an extra day this week. Awesome. All right. Because <laughs> in my mind, I'm jamming all the, like, the overlapping tasks and thinking, okay, I have to do this, and this, I got to do this by this, and it has to be done by that. All right. Yeah. So good. All right. I have an extra day. Thanks. I'm good now. You're welcome. <laughs> well, David, what have you been up to? Uh, my book is going to the printer this week. Which is it's it's good and bad because there's a lot of last minute proofing and rereading and corrections and, and fixes, but I it'll be a huge load off, huge weight off my shoulders once it's it's done. It took me two and a half years. It should take six months. Oh God, I was really dragging book, my feet. Book, like when I when I think of like the complicated tasks that that like could be offered to any one of us, you know, anybody doing what we do, I think the most complicated thing possibly is developing a book mm, now yeah. when people offer me to do a book i just say no i say nope They're like you don't want to do a book i'm like absolutely have no interest in doing a book because of the complications it takes to to do it yeah it's just especially one like you guys do with pictures and like i can't imagine what like the joinery book that that the wood whisperer did like oh my god it's like endless hours of editing and making sure things are correct what I'm lucky team. enough where I, you know, I, do, I work with a publisher and, and they've got uh, 
graphic designers and somebody who's doing all the layout and stuff. So all I do is I make the projects, I take the photos and I write a rough cut line for each photo. And then they Mm -hmm. take that, they turn it into real English and make it into sentences that are understandable. And and, um, yeah, so the, and people there, some of them are, are woodworkers so they can, they're able to catch things and, and question and simplify things. So pretty lucky that they can do all of all of that and and it was and throughout the last few months it just felt like man this one's not going to be as good i don't feel good about it and then once i saw that first rough draft i'm like this is a good book why was i all worried about it these these projects are perfectly fine and so hopefully i have no idea how long it's going to take for them to actually get it in my hands and what the actual release date is but i'm assuming before christmas so I am excited cool. for that. We've, yeah. we've got... Uh, um, we just released the video of the Railhammer pickup sign. Um, uh, that's a guitar pickup by a company called Reverend. Delivered that. I delivered it, and I'm in the shower. I was thinking, I was like, oh, crap. I didn't... Uh, I didn't think about expansion and contraction and the frame is glue is screwed on the metal frame is screwed screwed onto the the wood backing and so I had to send them an email yesterday and like can I get that back for a few hours and I need to elongate the where the screws are screwed in in the back so that it can move a little bit mm. and um I, f- I figured that little embarrassing email was much better than them coming back to me in the winter time saying this just cracked so it's a, oh yeah. yeah, I mean that's preemptive maintenance. That's yeah, it's got to look good on your part. Uh, and then um, we we shot some videos. I think we've talked about it a couple weeks ago. I I've got a picture frame gluing jig video coming out, and while doing that, I realized a channel that I subscribed to put one out very similar a couple months ago. So that was, ugh. and then since I've did that picture frame gluing jig. I also redid the picture frame sled jig, which somebody else just released a picture frame sled jig. And uh, I was like, Ugh, again. And then I'm also redoing the spline jig. So these are all improvements to these picture frame making jigs that I've, I've done. And, and uh, oh, after you use something for five years, you realize like this, this could, uh, this could be improved and I'm making new videos on that. So that is what's going on over here. I mean, do you expect any negative response from, you know, knowing that there are other people that have done those things recently? Are you expecting pushback from people? I, I am, but it's probably all built up in my head. It just, yeah. the timing of things, it's just like, I don't know, I'm excited. You're excited about this video, and then all of a sudden somebody else puts out that video, and it's just, it's a coincidence. And you're like, ugh, crap. Yeah. And I don't want to call it out in the video. I'd rather call it out on the podcast or in the comments because I don't know. I want the video to be a timeless thing. I don't want, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's just, bleh. yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, I understand what you're saying. The proximity to that other video only matters for like the next yeah. two weeks yeah, and exactly. then they're both history and then it doesn't matter. And yeah, I've had things like that as well. Sometimes it's better just to, like just let it be, and the reason I was asking whether you were expecting pushback is that even though you know a, a lot of so like those those projects in particular, woodworkers probably watch those channels for those projects. But there's so many woodworkers, there's a decent chance that the overlap between you and both of those other creators is not huge. And if it is big, then those people probably also know that you've done those things before mm-hmm. and it's not like you're that's a you know that's a good like, point this is the first time i'm ever making a whatever yeah the, well, and the other thing is like well i did these videos five years ago like i'm and so in my head i hear people saying oh you have already done this you've got your odd ideas why are you doing this again so it's just one of those things like when you work by yourself and you hang out by yourself you just build up this this snowballing effect of negativity and it's way out of proportion you know yeah yep well i'm sure there'll be good videos and i'm sure people will get stuff out of them yeah which is the more important part yeah 
Cool. Jimmy, what are you writing down? I see you writing down. Are you having an idea? Yeah, I have to. Uh, I have to make a, a a knife this week for. I'm doing a, a a sponsored video for Nick's boots, Nick's handmade leather boots, and they wanted. They researched my videos and they they said that every video that I do that does really well is either a knife or a hatchet or something. So they said, would you be able to do like a boot knife for us? And so, and they said, keep in mind that we want to actually try and maybe make it a product. So. So I'm going to do a video where I make a boot knife. And so, so I just had a little inspiration looking at something on the screen. It just gave me a little inspiration for shape. So I just sketched it down. So that's something I'll and be by this, on this you, I, I assume you mean this is a boot where a knife sticks out of the tip of the yep. toes, right? So you kick. Okay. You, you kick, you kick awesome. your sandwich and cut it in half. That's what's going <laughs> no, it's going to be uh, Sweet. like a boot, you know, that goes up on the sides. The, these boots are really lacy. They're like logger, lacy up boots. So they'll be like a long, kind of like Doc Martin-y kind of, you know, upper high upper so you, you'd be able to put a knife in it or beside it so i'm going to be working on that the 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 rocking chair like i said i'm really happy with the way it's coming out it's it's been such a learning experience i put out the video where i discuss it and interesting uh i i was told you know i have a little team of guys that that post my videos i post them get them ready and then they add extra tags and stuff to them and then they make them live sunday morning and so my buddy adam wrote me and he's like he's like hey you can't monetize this video i was like what do you want to do i was like i don't care just put it out anyway because there was a couple of moments where the radio was on really loud in the background and i just talked close to the camera assuming that like the radio would be kind of muted backwards and that wasn't the case. The radio was really loud and I was just being lazy. So, but I, I, I said, whatever, they didn't really do it for the monetization. So the video is not monetized. So therefore the point I'm bringing up is that the video is not being pushed. So, because it's not being monetized. So it's like one of my slowest performing videos probably in the last couple of years, but it's, it's creeping up and people are really, really responding to, you know, what the video is about, which is nice. So I might do that more often, but I'll make sure I turn the radio down in the background next time. It was good. It was just me in the moment, just really kind of discovering and figuring out how I'm going to approach this rocking chair, this Maloof-style rocking chair. And it was very intimidating for me because it was like, you know, I make promises all the time and I try and figure it out. I, I, sometimes I'm a little too confident. Like, for instance, with the guitar, I was like, oh, I'll figure this out. I have like four days to do something. And I did something and the person that won it in the auction was really happy with it. He's, he loves it and he's really excited. But, you know, the majority, the mob the mob mentality doesn't really like it, but I guess I'm not really there to please all of those people that hate me. Just <laughs> the person that likes the one person that bought the guitar. So, hmm. so with the, with this, uh, I'm kind of thinking like like you know that I didn't give myself enough time on the guitar to really do something interesting. I want to give this rocking chair more time. So I thought I would finish it on Sunday. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to finish it on Sunday. I really just need to give it some more give it some more girth, more time. So um, I've been working on it every night these last couple of days. I'll finish the video definitely by this Sunday. But it was a revelation for me to kind of sit back and say, okay, you know what, this isn't going to be done. Just I was hoping to put out the little documentary style and the finished video at the same time. Hmm. But it's, uh, you know, it can't, they can't all be done in seven days. You need well, five days, really. That's so. the truth. So... Yeah. We've been talking about that doing thing projects in the background lately because of the trailer project. I just have absolutely no time, so it's like I'm every day I'm working on the trailers from work start till six, and then from like six to nine I'm working on my YouTube stuff, which is either the trailers, sorry, which is either the uh, the rocking chair or in this case this week this boot knife. So I'm giving myself like a three or four hour window at the end of every day to work on the the other stuff and then during the day we're just seeing seeing all the parts there's lots and lots and lots and lots of parts for the the trailer so we're trying to do every facet so we're going to run all the sheets of plywood through for all 16 trailers for this part we're going to run all the sheets of plywood through for the different parts on that part and uh, they're coming this weekend to pick up four of them and by the end of today, tomorrow, again, I have an extra day now. Thanks, guys. So by the end of <laughs> you're tomorrow, welcome. you're welcome. <laughs> by the end of tomorrow, um, I'll be pretty far along with those two, those four, those four. So anyway, it's just, uh, you know, business as usual, just kicking along. And then I'm going to NBC. I'm going to go do making it. It seems like it's really happening. I keep waiting for that email. It's like, oh, we're going to push it to 2021. But they said they, they're pulling the sets. They're actually really the studios reserved if you've any if anybody's ever been through 
Universal NBC tour where you go past Jaws and the Psycho House. One of those big, tremendous square buildings is where we're going to shoot making it. It's, I think it's, I think it's uh, building 26 or 29, something like that. It's right by the Back to the Future set. So if anybody's been on the NBC Universal tour and you drive through the Back to the Future set, our building is like two or three buildings away from the Back to the Future set. So like when I was there last time, whenever I was like chit-chatting, talking on the phone, I was always like sitting on the steps of the, where the lightning struck and stuff. It was cool. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's, re- it's pretty amazing. So, I mean, like my, my agent said to me, hey, I'm not getting paid a tremendous amount for these jobs because I'm obviously not a big, big player, but... I was like, you know what? It's fun. I, I really, I mean, I enjoy the experience. So let's let's do it anyway. He's like, do you really want to do season three? Have you considered? I'm like, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to see Nick. I want to hang out with Amy and Nick. And you know, it's exciting. It's there's a lot more to it than just to pay. And uh, you know, it'll be an exciting, interesting time to be. They'll be there during the election. So sticking through like what that's going to be like do i want to be stuck in california when the election happens is there going to be armageddon will i be able to make it back to new york (laughs) some of the things i've been thinking how how long is the shoot like i know in the past when you've done that show it's been different lengths like the first year i think it was like four or six weeks and the second year it was like shorter yeah it's going to be four weeks it's going to be four weeks yeah they they have it they that's it's really funny when you go through it one time, like, you know, I can relate to it with the trailers. I've, I've, I did those first trailers on the YouTube video and I've overbuilt them tremendously. And now that I'm making them like we're reducing, 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 I've pulled out like three full sheets of plywood and lots of trim, which I put in all those first trailers. So the same thing goes with the show. I'm trying to make an, uh, I'm trying to liken it to the idea that we did season one and we had like, 14 hours to do build two and they're like all right that's cut in half i'm like whoa do you really think they're gonna and then all of a sudden like they come up with just as good of work in half amount of time and so i'm sure going into this season they're going to reduce it even more they'll be like you only have three hours to do the the final finished build like okay you know like whatever he's gonna go to california for a weekend and come back and be like well i shot season three yeah (laughs) that's what they would love no i obviously the the show definitely needs a lot of physical time to, to to build and I think, uh, you know, I think four weeks. So we, we did more time. I think we did six weeks for, I can't remember, honestly. I think it was six episodes. And then the second season, we did four weeks. We did eight episodes. So I think we're going to do eight episodes again in the same amount of time. But I think, you know, there might be more time to have fun and do like weird little things, offshoots and stuff. So we'll see. That's cool. Um, I had a question to jump back about the... Um the rocking chair. So it looks awesome. Just thank you. Thank you very much. It's, it's way bigger than I expected it to be. And it has like a totally different, especially the top has a totally different vibe to it than what I was expecting. How did you go about, cause I assume you've never made a rocking chair before. Nope, be never. Okay. So how did you go about mentally placing all of the shapes that are necessary. Because, you know, I mean, anybody that looks at a rocking chair can see all of the compound curving that has to happen along your back, along your butt. It has to go up kind of uh, like vertically on your back. There's the curve on the bottom rocker parts. Like, how did you, I I don't know, just what was the process to get to that particular design? Because it Uh, looks awesome. Oh, thank you. It's Well, I mean, I just keep looking at pictures of the Sam Maloof chairs and just trying to emulate what's going on there and then also not being apologetic if i don't make it perfectly like the sam maloof chair i mean there's going to be certain things like i'm leaving the horns above the headrest really long that's just you know that's just the thing that i like i always thought i would trim them but i'm like let me leave them long they look cool they're also good handles to grab when you're moving the chair around you could literally get your whole hand around Mm. those horns but i've done a few tests and you'll see it in the final video i've done a few for the back slats for instance i cut them out of plywood first i cut three versions out of plywood until I got the one that felt right. And I, I just clamped it right in the middle in the back, and I just sat in the chair gently, and I just said, okay, that feels okay. Surprisingly, it feels like it pushes me too forward, but I'm like, all right, it looks exactly like it does in the picture, so let me just go with this. This was the best one of the three. And then I just, I just committed, and then I made all of them, and I'm like, you know, part of it, if it doesn't feel right, but it looks right, I'm like, let me just stick with this because that happened a few times. Hmm. And then with the uh, the rockers, which I don't know if I, I might've showed the plot, uh, I made ones out of two by fours. I might've showed them on Instagram. I can't remember. But the, the rockers themselves, 
I cut them three times again till I got the right angle. Cause somebody wrote to me and said, a few people wrote to me, they're like, how did you know what to, how did you know what the angle was? I just looked at a picture and, you know, I make these visual associations. I'm like, okay, if that leg is that long and, you know, like half of the leg or a third of the leg is the airspace underneath the front of the rocker, I make all these stupid little visual, like, you know, I'm like kind of like Rain Man looking at the picture, immediately making associations, visual associations. Like, okay, the leg sticks out the back uh, about as long as the height of the back leg, you know, so in my mind, I can just kind of use like a visual mental compass, you know, from the, I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm just making all these little yeah. visual associations. And that's, that's when you do life drawing, that's what you do. You say, okay, that person is seven heads high. So if you draw a little tiny head and a tall body, it looks like a Martian. It doesn't look like a human, you know, there's visualizations, visual associations that you make. And I was just doing that. And then I, I made, I remember I made one rocker, and I sat in the chair, I kind of hot glued it all together. And I gently sat in the chair because I didn't glue it together until last night. And then I rock and I'm like, all right, that's not enough rocking. And my feet are just t- t- touching the ground. So I went right in and I cut two inches off all the legs. I cut off an inch, a half inch more on the back. So it kicked back more. So I left everything long and I'm gently approaching what feels right. If I go hmm. too short too soon, all of a sudden I'm like, oh man, this is too short. I don't want to have to scab on a piece of material. You know, so I'm gently approaching I've trimmed the legs now three times till I get to a point where it starts to feel right. And I'm even feeling that it's still too high. So I might trim the legs even longer. I mean, even shorter. <laughs> I mean, I meant to say it might cut off longer pieces is what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I've looked at a couple of little schematics. Honestly, I didn't read the numbers on them because it would make me nervous to be this far along and read something that says, oh, that, this has to be exactly 20 inches. And I'm always oh, mine 17. I'd be like, I'd feel like a failure. So I don't even read the numbers. I just like, I'm too far down in this direction. I just got to stick with it. Well, doing the relationship thing is a, an excellent way to do it. And yeah, the life drawing is a really good example of that. But the cool thing about doing it that way is that you can, you can look at uh, any scale object and scale relationally to what mm-hmm. you want it to be. So if you were looking at a two inch photo of that chair and you wanted to make one that was, you know, like larger than life, the relationships are all the same. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's an excellent way to translate one thing yeah. or uh, a thing from one place to another. I remember well, being cool. a, a young artist. It's cool. I remember, thank you. I remember being a young artist and realizing when you scale something as a, a quick example would be like a piece of paper. When you scale a piece of paper, say 50%, People just assume you just double all the measurements. That's obviously not true, but you double the measurement through the diagonal. So 50% larger is if your diagonal is 10, you make that 20. That's rather that's 100% larger. And your length and width aren't necessarily double. It's the diagonal, which is, which is the percentage increase or decrease. Mm-hmm. Mark Rober's recent video, he talked about something like that where he's talking about the the volume of chemicals that it takes to make this particular reaction and if you double everything volumetrically it's not it's not double the volume it's a i don't remember what the math is there but it's the same idea but it's it's a larger thing you can't just double you don't get a double the reaction for double the chemical or whatever right yeah it's it's why the the animals can only be so big because you can't just make them right. bigger because when you double something, the mass of that actually times four something. I, I, I forget the math, but yeah. But yeah. Cool. Um, well, for us, let's see. What have we been doing? This week, uh, we're putting out a video about a Murphy bed that we made at Josh's house. We made it a few weeks back. And, uh, I already made a Murphy bed. Outside of the secret office. Oh, yeah, man. you can't make a Murphy bed. It's been done. <laughs> it's been done a lot, but we're doing another one. Outside of the secret office that we did at his house a while back, they had kind of a, we split one room in half to make that office. And so the other half of the room, uh, they wanted it to be kind of a guest bedroom. So we made a, a bookcase that he designed and then put a Murphy bed in it. And it's one of the horizontal Murphy beds, which was kind of interesting because I'd I'm sure they're out there. I just have never paid attention to see one. Um, and so the entire bookcase is, it's still pretty tall, but there's actually, there's not enough um, ceiling height in the room to do a normal Murphy bed vertically. 
And so when you look at the piece of furniture, it goes pretty close to the ceiling, but there's cabinets above where the bed section is. So the bed actually starts a little bit further down and lays down on its side. And it came together really quickly um, and turned out really nice. And so, so the, so the Murphy's on the long week. side, not the short side? Yes. Oh, that's cool. That's interesting. I never realized that you could do that. I guess you could. That's kind of reminds me more like a boat tuck away bed. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's one of the Rockler kits, and they sell kits for like both types, you know, leaning both directions. So that's what we did. That's what's coming out this week, and we're working on uh, a few other things for the next few weeks. But right now, working on this big giant piece behind me that nobody else can see. But it's it's actually three really big pieces that are going to stack on top of each other to be a really big cool thing over there. So. Hmm. More about that. It looks like a light table because of the way the top is so glossed over. I just keep assuming that it's a big plexiglass oh. light table, but it's not. No, yeah, this part's just unpainted because it doesn't have to be painted. So, but that's pretty much what we've been doing. Um, I think seems like there's something else interesting, but I don't remember what it is. Hmm. Uh, so you kind of had a topic. You want to? You want to throw that out there? Yeah, yeah. I just thought this morning, I was listening to a podcast, which I'll recommend, and it kind of got me thinking, like, what are our strengths? What are our personal strengths? Like, say, for instance, if you had to answer a resume, which this also might be because somebody was talking about a resume this this week, and they're like, what are your strengths? And I thought to myself, I mean, obviously, I have lots of different strengths, but what is, like, your one special power? If somebody said to you, what is your special power? What is it? What is the one thing that you feel that you're the best at? what is it and how can you be aware of that and cultivate it? I'm talking to you guys and also the people listening. What is that one special power that, you know, that you can confidently say, this is what I'm really good at. And how can you utilize that to, you know, grow your business or grow, you know, your confidence level or grow your, whatever it is you do. How can you do that? You mentioned something about going around somewhat one of you mentioned about going around and and uh saying, what, saying how we feel other. about the other people before we talk about what our special power is i thought that was interesting yeah, we can try that i mean we didn't prepare for it at all uh, but we can give it a shot what, while you guys were <laughs> talking do about what you're doing i wrote things down <laughs> yeah well i i mean I, I think i can probably go first for you guys um i think David, I think your superpower here is having <clears throat> a really clear visual, like an understanding of, of how visual design works and a really uniform way to implement it. Hmm. Like you can look at all of your stuff and the color palettes that you choose and just the, the style of things that you make. And you can tell that they're all from you. And so you've got a really good eye for it, but you've also got the... I think the power of, of making it happen. Cause I can see a lot of things in my head, but I have a hard time getting visual style from my head to the actual thing a lot of times. And so there's, you know, they're not, the pieces I do are not quite like jointed together through the visual stuff. I think you're really good at that. The two parts of that, I think. Thank you. Um, let's see. Jimmy, you go for David and then David will go for himself. <laughs> and we'll do it that way. Okay. That's good. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, uh, David, your graphic design ability and your... your... I already said that. No, no, no. But I mean, like, <laughs> you know, I, I, am always, I am always impressed by your confidence in color. You, you choose color and you confidently choose color. Hmm. I choose color. I'm like, I guess that looks good. I don't know. I mean, I guess that was the can that looked good on the, you know, the, the Montana gold looked good on the cap. Let me use that. But like, for instance, in your, your room that you were in right there, you got those three colors choices on the diamonds on the door and uh, the pattern that you made in them when you did like the rug from, from the shining, you know, I mean, obviously that was a, a choice, but those type of things that inspire you, give you the confidence to go forward and do cool graphic. Like I know like a color that I think of when I see you is like a, is like a, a light beige. Like for instance, the color on the guitar pick behind you over your head there, mm-hmm. like the guitar, uh, the pick shield, you know, like you like use like cream white. Yeah. Like yeah. you use like antique white and cream a lot. And you know, like the fact that you pay close attention to these type of things, I'm a little jealous of that because in my mind, I'm like, all right, I'll just use black. I'll just use white. I can be safe. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, that's me. Gray. <laughs> gray. I like she's gray. <laughs> like my color palette is black, white, and shiny metal and rusty metal. That's my that's my color palette. <laughs> I get it. So 
That's I get a feeling when we when we uh, say these things about each other, we might be all saying the same thing because you know we all. It's have the visually strength. obvious thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think um, I think my super superhero power is is the vision of the entire thing. Like I don't just see a project; I see the project and the video and the music and the presentation. I that's. The complete package. The, the complete package. That's how... And that I, comes to your advertising. That comes from your advertising days, just like growing up being in advertising. Yeah. Because that's where they constantly talk about that. I mean, I've had similar experiences with that. And, uh, you know, and the, the visual part that both of you brought up is really, really important to me. I'm always trying to think of, like, how can I do this different? What's my take on this? And that's the part of the brain that I just never turn off. We could be out in the car and I'm constantly looking at things. I'm looking at the shape. I'm looking at colors and Mm -hmm. I do, I feel like I use the same colors over and over and over again. And, um, I, I don't, I never really thought of myself as, uh, good with color palettes, but, um, now that you mentioned that, like it's something I think about constantly. So, yeah, I confidently, I, I very, unconfidently use color like i'll use color and I'll be like i guess it's a third color like if it just if it's anything outside of just natural wood or metal i get i definitely get a little nervous like exposing my choices hmm. so, so i guess uh um we'll all go with bob next um so sure i think and this is something i'm extremely jealous of is bob's ability to communicate to put things into words that make sense i a lot of times over the years i'll have this this feeling and i don't know how to describe it and bob will just say it in a sentence and i'm like that's exactly how i've been feeling i just didn't know how to put it into words and then the way you use that in a video of how to teach just your ability to communicate is unbelievable I would say something very similar in the, the clarity of your communication, the clarity of you, like when you look at like kind of the dumpster fire, that was my little documentary the other day. I say that kind of jokingly, I thought it came out okay, but the idea that I didn't clear up the, the music in the background, that I didn't, you know, all that type of stuff, like you would never put that out. I'm just like a little too lazy sometimes. <laughs> what you would put out and you have a great team behind you, you would put out something that's clear, concise, the music would be nice and the edit would be nice and clean and it would it would be buttoned up beautifully. Your organizational skills and stuff that surrounds you, you know, like every corner, every wall in my house is like a potential, oh, let's put it there. You know what I'm saying? Like the fact that you, the organization and it shows in your net result of your videos and your voiceover ability, you know? So I guess that all goes to communication. Hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, there's somewhere in there is probably the thing that would come to mind for me, for myself as well. Um, I think being able to like kind of round up a bunch of stuff and line it up in a way that I can get it done. I hadn't really thought about the communication part of it, but um, the organization, I think is something that I'm drawn to. I was, I was always really interested in uh, data visualization mm-hmm. when I was doing programming. And I think there's some data visualization that's just like beautiful. It just becomes art, this like generated art. And the thing I, I liked about it and I liked about building tools to do that was that it it takes this just block of information that otherwise if you just stare at a spreadsheet, you can't make anything out of it. And it turns that same stuff into a, a way to communicate the information in a way that somebody could glance at and actually see it see mm-hmm. the information rather than read the information. Right. That stuff's always been really interesting to me. So I guess that probably kind of ties together. So if you had it, let's say, so so just to put a button on both you guys before we get to me is, Dave, if you had to put on the resume, what would your sentence be? What would your special power sentence be? Uh, <laughs> this, if the sentence it's, started, my special power is, uh, there was an empty line. Yeah, it's hard to compliment yourself. Uh, I guess uh, it's okay. just visualization. You're with friends. Uh, ability to see the... I don't know. 
Uh, <laughs> that's so tough. <laughs> it's, it's, it's why it takes me, when I was looking for a job, it's why it would take me weeks to do, to work on my resume. Cause it's, it's like rewriting and writing and, and trying to, uh, say nice things about yourself is, is, is hard. But I, I see, um, I, I, I'm able to visualize the end goal. Good. Bob, what's your, my special power is empty line. It would probably be communicating complex things in a simple way. Because mm. I think that's, that's been kind of like one of our things in I Like to Make Stuff from the beginning anyway. So oh, that good. is exactly that's what I'm talking about. You were able to put that into four you words. Just did that. That just, yeah, you just <laughs> did what, you, you just what did we're it. talking about. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, let's go ahead and thank our patron. I'm just kidding. <laughs> let's, let's <see> <clears throat> I was like, oh, cool. That's it. I can go to work now. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I get my Wednesday back. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. I think your superpower is being able to pull some beautiful like thing out of absolute garbage. And I mean that as a compliment. I do. I because I think it. when I look at... <clears throat> excuse me. When I look at... Um, raw materials especially like used raw materials i have a hard time repurposing those into uh like my mind wants to start with clean base materials not reused right and you have this ability to look at a log and see a treasure chest and things like that where you take a shape that already exists and you're able to pull something else out of that Mm, i think that's awesome well thank you i uh i'm right there with you jimmy has a very unique look and feel and it seems to be without effort with all like you like i see something i'm like that's a jimmy that's a jimmy deresta and (laughs) i think i the how you surround yourself with old vintage used tools and you like uh, you seem to thrive off the the clutter of things being everywhere, and that uh, it really drives how your finished pieces look. You just ha- like that is a Jimmy Duresta. That is a Jimmy Duresta <laughs> way of, of doing something, and it seems to be without effort. Oh, thank you. If I had to describe, obviously, I'm thinking about this because I came up with the idea for the topic. But I was thinking that my, really my special power is my special power is. I think problem solving and tinkering and making something out of nothing is a problem solving technique. And so I think like, I'm not really great at carving. I'm not really great at welding. I'm not really great at all these various different things, but I use all those to solve the problem of the design aesthetic or whatever it is. So when people comment and say, you have no idea what you're doing when it comes to welding. I mean, I have a little bit of an idea. I don't have no idea, but I'm not a professional welder, but I use that to problem solve hanging a gate up. I use these things to problem solve. So when I say my special power is problem solving and, and I, I use all these different techniques to solve problems. So, um, that's, that's what I feel this my People often do ask me that, like, what is the one thing you're the best at? And I always say problem solving and everything else is just a means to that end. So, and this, this way I can get away with tinkering with welding, tinkering with mechanics, tinkering with, you know, it's, it's a way I even said it in my little documentary. Sometimes I get super intimidated by doing things the right way because I, I don't have the confidence to do things the right way. So I figure out it's backwards way of getting to the same result. Like, for instance, doing the joinery on this chair, I said it in my little doc, is that I don't, I'm not confident doing it. I don't, but how can I solve the problem of making the joinery? Uh, You know, I'm not going to sit there and make beautiful, like, you know, when you push the joints together, the air puffs out and it turns into a, you know, a Japanese joinery meme. Like, I, I could never do that. I just have no ability to do that. But how can I make that same result with what I can do? And, you know, therein lies my problem solving capabilities. You know, some in some in some cases it's good, some cases it's whatever. But is problem solving? Uh, do you see it as something some someone is is born with, or is it is it a learned skill? I think it's something just tinkering. I learned it over the years because now, I mean, now that my age, I'm 53 years old. Is if I have so many instances, and I have, I also kept a clear mind because I don't do drugs, I don't drink, I don't do any of this stuff. I kept a clear mind in the way that like the minute I'm approaching something, I could remember like the hundred instances that I did it before. 
And I'm like, oh, this is the time. I, I had such a clear mind. I forgot I didn't, couldn't load the screwdriver sitting in front of me. <laughs> but no, when it comes to doing very specific things, like I remember like when I go to use a screw gun, I always remember the first time I held a screw gun. It happens every single time I grab a screw gun. Huh. I, my dad had this like electric screw gun that, you know, it had like a, had the sheet, sheet rock tip screw thing on the front. So you can, couldn't go any deeper than the skin of the sheet rock. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I just remember all these instances when I very first used tools. And so the point of making this is all that goes into every time I grab something to do something. I have so many instances built up from me tinkering that I just got better and better at. I just know what to expect. Like I could see, like, for instance, when someone that doesn't have as much experience picks up a grind, I'm like, don't do it that way because, and then they're like, oh, no, no. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, the disc breaks. I'm like, I told you not to do it that way because it's happened to me 70 times. And now you won't do it again because now you know. So it's just, I think it's just experience and just tinkering, 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 tinkering. And then the reason I bring this up, I, I mean, it wasn't just for me to brag, but and for us to brag about ourselves, but there's so many times where at WorkbenchCon, we meet somebody or I meet somebody and we get to talk and, or a student, I talk to a student and they're like, they're going down the road. And I think to myself, they're really struggling with this one thing that they have some certain passion about, but it's not what they're good at. And then I try to remind them, you know what you're really good at? You have like an amazing voice and you got this amazing presence. You should put that forward more. And then this other thing will follow that you really want to do. Or, you know, you really have a great ability to, you know, for math or whatever it is. Uh, So there's been so many instances as a teacher where I met students where I think to myself, they're not even focusing on, what makes them unique or what makes them special because their passion is, you know, model trains or whatever, but they could do model trains and then also showcase this, this special power of theirs at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then they might shine a little better or they might accelerate a little better. For instance, you know, I meet people all the time with these like wonderfully amazing accents and I'm like, you do videos where you don't talk. You got this incredible accent, use this accent to your advantage. So it's, it's, it's also goes back to that unfair advantage. Like what is our unfair advantage? What is the thing that, you know, as the listener, I'm talking to the listener, what is the thing that, that is your unfair advantage that you're not taking advantage of because, you know, you just haven't highlighted it or, you know, maybe there's a certain little bit of lack of confidence you need to work through, whatever it is. I think a lot of times people, um, if they're good at something, it depends on the personality, but I think a lot of times if they're naturally good at something or they've been doing something their entire life, it's easy to just kind of brush it aside and be like, well, that's just a, that's just a thing I do. I I sing, I sing sometimes, but then when you hear them sing, you're like, whoa, like why is, why are you not leading with that thing? Mm -hmm. Because you're used to it and you want some new challenge or you want the outcome of some, thing that you've always kind of seen at a distance and jimmy you're totally right like there's a way to get to the thing you want by what using what you have you know i mean i got to the the thing that i'm in right now through software and that doesn't really make a lot of sense but the organization and the planning and the time management and all that stuff is from what i was doing before yeah that was a necessary part of making that happen and it's it's set up within me a lot of systems that i can use and a lot of patterns that i have that make this possible. And David, same thing for you. You did design, you did marketing before that. Those things are partially, at least, set you up for what you're doing now. So I think a lot of people, instead of like divorcing themselves from the thing that got them to where they are when they want to take a new step into a, a, you know, a new hobby or a new whatever job, instead of like just saying like, well, that was the old me, the new me is going to go be a rock star or a Rubik's Cube champion or whatever, use those things to move forward. Like, take advantage of the stuff. Just like you're saying, Jimmy. I have I have an interesting example that came to mind. Uh, we all know Jesse Ueda, Ben's, Ben's sister, Jesse Ueda. I dress up. She's amazing. And I knew Jesse. I met her at Making It uh, 200 for the very first time. And, you know, obviously knew there was something very special about her. She's incredibly... Making uh, It 100, just to make I say, sure that nobody thinks they... You said 200. I did. Make sure that... <laughs> making It 100. We make, never did that one. Just to be we're clear. still right, planning that one. <laughs> You're still planning it. Uh, this is episode 278. <laughs> right. So uh, when I met Jesse, I knew there was something special about her, obviously. And, you know, her and Ben together obviously come from an amazing family. And then I remember... Months later, maybe years later, we were at an event together and Jesse just sits down at the piano and just like bangs out a song on the piano. 
And she never, ever talked about the fact that she plays the piano. And then I come to find she plays the violin and the piano. And I'm like, oh, okay, that explains like this special air about her is that she has like all these secret talents, but it kind of like, it come like when you hang out with her, kind of like bubbles to the surface, but you can't really put your finger on it. So like if I got a resume from somebody and it just said, my special power is I played the piano for 30 years. I'd be like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Like, I'd be more interested in that than what they could actually really do because of, like, the discipline and all the hard work that goes into being able to play the piano well has to to be part of everything you do. You you know what I mean? You can't just be, like, an amazing piano player. I mean, there obviously are, you know, people that are, uh, what do you call special cases, an amazing piano player, and then, you know, you you have the ability to just do nothing else. If you're good at that... You, that spills over into other aspects of your life that, you know, discipline and organization and all these things that are, you know, what you want when, you, when you're putting things on your resume. So I if, it, the, if I got a resume from somebody that just says, I'm an amazing piano player, I'd be like, oh, wow, get, get that person in there. Let's talk to them. I, I think it's a, this is a good exercise if you're looking to expand. Because I'm thinking, like, I'm going through my YouTube subscription feed, and I could go through each one of these channels, and I could look at them, and I could pick out which what their special power is. And uh, I, I think, and I'd never really thought about this, but it really helps you understand why they're successful and what they do. So, mm-hmm. I think this is a good exercise for the listeners to just go and whether it's you want to be a video maker or a, a woodworker or a program or anything like find other people and, and figure out what their special power is and what makes them unique. I think figuring that out about yourself is really important too. And I would be curious if you guys have any ideas about how people who are listening right now, like how do you go about beginning to understand the thing about yourself that stands out. And that's really hard to do. I'll preface that because everybody, no matter how confident they are, still wants to downplay their own strengths mm-hmm. or their strength is being arrogant. One of those two things. But if you typically will downplay your own strengths, so how do you go about trying to figure out what it is about you that's your unfair advantage? I mean, you could probably just ask the people around you. You know, ask your your spouse or your you know one of your friends, and just say, "Hey, what is what is special about me?" Uh, that that's probably easier than asking yourself. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I just thought that would be an interesting thing to just look back at the mirror and say, think like, what what is it about me that's what is it about me that makes me different? What is it about me that makes me bankable or makes me whatever it is? Yeah. And like I said, being bankable doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you're good with numbers or you're good with this. It's like in this day and age, you know, being bankable means, you know, just having an interesting point of view and making a social media channel around it. You know, I mean, that's not necessarily the end all, but, you know, if if it's a resume and we're talking about financial gain and getting recognized and, you know, if it's sponsors that you want or if it's just accolades that you want. What is it? And being yeah. aware of it. And like I said, being aware of it, but also taking a really close look at what you're not taking advantage of. And like I, I joke, I jokingly say, like, when I got to know, I, I, I thinking in my mind, like, for instance, Jenny Swiss comes to mind, too. Jenny Swiss makes great videos and he's, he's such a quirky dude. But when you get to meet him in person, he it's like unbelievably he's incredibly funny and he he has an incredible outlook on life and when i get to when i got to know him i had a much better appreciation for his videos so and i and i i I don't think i ever said this to him but i I, it would be it would be probably beneficial for his channel if he got to be more of himself in his videos like talk a little bit more maybe do some more interview stuff and maybe he has i haven't really noticed lately because i'm kind of paying more attention to him on instagram but you know, like as I get to know people, I realize, like, oh my God, there's like such a an amazing human here that I don't necessarily get in the videos, and the videos are great too. So, but they're a distilled version, of, right? You know, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think as far as like figuring out what your own superpower is, I think asking people around you is an excellent thing to do there, David. But I think also <clears throat> if you can look back at 
you know, your life and look back at the things that you've accomplished or uh, the places where you've been in a hard spot and have gotten out of it, look at the ways that you've succeeded and then try to figure out like, what was it about that situation that, that let me get out of it or that let me, you know, persevere or let me add something to the mix that wasn't there before. Like look for ways where you became a, a positive movement in a situation not necessarily in a bad situation. I just mean like throughout your life, how did you affect the situation in a positive way? There's something about you that did something there. What is that thing? You know, mm-hmm. and maybe you'll start to see patterns over time that like, oh, I seem to be good at caring about what other people are going through. Or I seem to be good at problem solving this type of problem. Mm-hmm. Or I'm good at math. Or I don't know, whatever it is. But I think you'll start to see patterns if you're willing to look back and see how you affected things mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. any other thoughts no here? that was good that was, a, that was a pretty decent conversation i think you can also look at the opposite end of it and see what you're not good at and you know sometimes you need to focus on uh, and expand on what you're good at and sometimes you need to focus on what you're not good at and it's a and really good out. point knowing what you're not good at and just yeah. like and like letting somebody else take control is really important yeah, like Bob's done a great job of like, okay, these people are better at this than me, so they're going to do that part of of the business. And not everything has to be about business, but it could be just, um, it's like playing in a band. You know, you you, you find somebody to fill in what what you can't do. Yeah, I mean, or case learn. in point, like in our family, my wife does all the cooking, not because she's my wife, not because she's a woman, because I can't cook. <laughs> and if, if it was up to me, we wouldn't eat well. She <laughs> does a better job at it. And so our health and our well-being is, you know, like we hand that over to her because it's a thing that she can do better than me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, something as simple as that. Yeah. Um, thoughts? Anything else? That's Before it. Wrap it up. That's it. Okay. I guess sometimes you well, gotta I'm ask think... yourself these kind of questions, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a good, good thought exercise. I'm gonna thank our Patreon supporters who help us out a lot. I had a conversation last night with another creator about podcasting and about having them be profitable, <laughs> and how how terrible that is, and how hard it is right now, um, and how I don't really understand how to make podcast profitable but the cool thing is we don't really have to worry about it because of the people who support us on patreon absolutely and we are very grateful for that uh there's a huge list of people over there um, and i should get a total count just to be able to like let everybody know how how many people are are helping us out but i don't have that number in front of me but everybody that helps us out gets the after show and it's a little bit extra show it's more of us talking about something um that's not in this show whether that's secret or just fun or just whatever. Uh, but everybody gets that. But there's a top group of people that support us that we're especially grateful for and we want to call out. So big thanks to Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, You Can Make This Too, Maker in Training, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, Rich at Low and Design, and Odin Leather Goods. Thank you. Those are our top supporters. Thank you. But big thanks to everybody over there. Thanks, guys. And... If you want to help out the show, if you want to support this so that we don't ever have to worry about the fact that ad sales and podcasts are pretty terrible, go to patreon.com slash making it. We would appreciate that very much. All right. What you got? Anything to recommend? I have have not found anything yet. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a video. This is a channel called uh, TFI and... I wasn't familiar with it until just a few days ago, and he's got a video that talks about the free version of Fusion 360 and how some of those functions are going away very soon. Um, Apparently, on October 1st, uh, some features of the free version, like, are going to go away and then maybe in January that's going to be phase two. So, I don't know if it's going to affect a lot of the people who already use the free version, but I know that you can only have 10 projects, 10 active projects. Otherwise you got to archive them. And some of the, maybe the cam features are going away. If it's free version, definitely the cloud version stuff. So he talks about it in this video. And I think if you are a fusion 360 user, it's worth knowing what's, what's happening over there. 
So real quick on that, I do want to weigh in because we had a lot of questions about this because we have the Fusion course. So the problem, the biggest problem with this announcement around Fusion changes is the delivery. When they first wrote this thing and they sent it out and they're like, hey, we're taking stuff away from the personal free license. It sounded terrible. And so we dug in, looked at it, and then the next day they came out with a list of, of kind of responses to what they had said. And their wording was terrible. Like the first thing they said, no more extensions. And everybody's like, what? No more extensions. But what they meant was no uh, extra add-in extensions for the cam past the basic stuff, which is confusing, but basically you can't do five-axis milling without paying for it. Well, okay. <laughs> but that's not extensions at, at large. That's like the, the extension for doing a crazy amount of CNC that you wouldn't do as a personal license. Like who has that machine that could do five axis machining? So um, there's a few things like that. The 10 document limit is problematic, but you can apparently easily move things from active to archived, like with a single click. And so the point of that is that I think they're trying to drive people not to have a document that has more than 10 other associated documents working within it at the same time. So if you had a really complex part that was pulling in other parts from other documents, they're saying like, if you have something that's overly complex that has more than 10 active parts at a time, you should probably not be on the personal license. Mm -hmm. So I, I just want to point that out. I haven't watched this video, but I definitely want to check it out. But I think a lot of the the fear around that announcement was how poorly they announced it. They have not been very good at communicating some things. Uh, I remember. Yeah. Uh, I actually have the a, a, a paid version, and it was really unclear on whether or not I needed the paid version when I when I bought it. Yeah. Six eight months ago, um, it's still it's 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 my number one software choice when it comes to this kind of stuff, and so. Uh, I don't want to sway anybody to a different direction. I want more people to use Fusion 360 because the more people that are using it, the the better I can communicate what I'm trying to communicate in, to my audience. So um, I hope it doesn't affect the average user too much. Yeah, I, we'll see. But I, I think the big thing is the the big problem is that they're going to be driving people away from it just from the fear of their poor communication which is a shame yeah but hopefully that won't happen too bad all right jimmy what you got uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to talk Ooh. about a, a great podcast that i got tipped to this morning watching instagram maker mom podcast by katie freeman somebody we've met throughout the day the years and uh the first episode I listened to was was our friend Laura, and it was just amazing. Laura is just so incredible, Laura Comp. And uh, Katie did a great job interviewing her and letting Laura just be the magical person she is and just talking about, uh, you know, whatever it is. Laura's just incredible. Like Every time I listen to Laura, it kind of brings me to tears of joy because she just, she's just so clear and she just cuts right through all the, the garbage and just like whatever she says, it's just like, oh yeah, that's exactly right. So check out that podcast. Like I said, I just listened to Laura's episode, but there's several other women on there that, that I recognize that I want to listen to. And it's a podcast uh, for women and moms by a mom who's a woman. All right. Well, mine is a video I mentioned earlier. It's Mark Rober's newest uh, devil's toothpaste video. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen it, you just got to see it. It's crazy. He, he he tends to take everything way over the top in the best way possible. Like, <laughs> you know, he, he takes what could have been an interesting video and then just like blows up the scale of it really far. And you get to the end of it and realize that you learned science. <laughs> like without even being super aware He's wrapping this really fun visual stuff in, in like a really heartwarming moment with a person. And you're like, oh, that was so fun. And the kids enjoyed it. And then you're like, wait, I learned about how volumetric changes affect, <laughs> you know, chemical reactions. And like, that's cool. It's, it's awesome. So um, it's, it's a 26 minute long. It's a, you know, hefty video, but it's well worth your time. It's so, one of the best videos sure I've ever seen on YouTube. It's just so like because it's fun and there's 
uh, it's just heartwarming. Like like you said, is it's so good. There's so many good elements to it. Yeah, that's a good one. Cool. Well, you guys got anything else? No, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, we just got it. David, we have to extend the after show as long as possible because Jimmy is chomping at the bit to go work. Things <laughs> <laughs> to do. Just gonna like drag. Yeah. yeah. No, Deep dives on art history coming in the after, show. the after okay. show. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, good to have you around. We'll see you next time. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Say it back. Say it back. <laughs> I love you too. Okay. Bye.